We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Buckle up, because Metro is bringing you the best deal in wireless. Switch to Metro and get your choice of two awesome free phones from top brands like Samsung and LG with huge HD screens and tons of memory for all your pics and videos. So hurry into Metro and get your awesome free phones only at Metro. Plus sales tax and activation fee. Requires port and of eligible number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Limit four per account or household. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions. Don't miss the Xfinity Beyond Black Friday event. Get $100 back on a package that's right for you. That's a gift. You'll unwrap amazing speed and Wi-Fi coverage from America's best internet provider. Plus, the Emmy Award-winning X1 voice remote with Xfinity X1. The easiest all-in-one entertainment experience. A gift in a gift in a gift. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. The Xfinity Beyond Black Friday event ends December 10th. So click, call, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. New X1 double play and triple play customers only. Minimum one to two-year term contract required. Welcome to the Barcelona Podcast, being the hottest breaking stories from the Camp No. I'm Dan Hilton. Frances Tomas is joining me across the ocean, as always. We've got a pretty fun show planned for you today. And, of course, if you're new to the show or you're also an oldie as well, go into our show notes. We have promotion codes in there. We have plenty of links to both our social media and places where you can leave show notes and comments and interact with us as well on all these different platforms. Nevertheless, Frances, it's about time we get this show started, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it certainly is time. Uh, today we've got a great, great show. I mean, Barca are not playing this weekend, so actually we've got a bit of time to have a more sort of holistic view of what's going on in the club. So la gran pregunta today is basically who should Barca sell and buy or, you know, add to the team this summer? And then I was joined by the fantastic Mohamed Bat from Squawkoff, friend of the pod. He's been with us before. He's a fantastic guy. You're going to love him being on the pod. You really cannot miss today's show. The Barcelona Podcast 72 starts right here. And I'll start it with the Grand Pagunta of who should Barcelona buy or sell this summer. So I know we're two months out and still a lot to play for this season. But of course, this is the time of the year where before the transfer window opens in a few months, there's rumors are circulating and there's plenty of talk about who's in, who's out. So we're going to try to break this down a little bit. And because we're so far out, Frances, I think it's important also to keep in mind that these are just preliminary reports and the things that we're presenting are only things that we've heard reported over 
multiple weeks and in multiple different outlets. So we're not just trying to grasp at certain rumors about certain players. You know, a random player from Uzbekistan has been linked to the club, and that's why we're talking about them. So nevertheless, let's get right into it. I'm going to start with a little bit of a mouthful as we kind of put all those players in your mind's eye, and then Frances and I will break down what's going on here. So to kind of figure out, to start things off, who Barcelona are looking to buy or sell this summer— you have to take heed of the report that says that Valverde is looking to have 21 to 22 players on the roster next season, where usually the Barcelona first team is 25, which actually is even less than a lot of other clubs, which are closer to 28 or 30. So 25 is usually a bare bones, and that's with a third goalkeeper, which Valverde doesn't have this season because he's just carrying Ter Stegen and Sillison. So that said, that means that the squad is just merely going to get smaller with few additions, two of which pretty much we are aware will be Carlos Alenia that is locked in unless he goes out on loan, and Antoine Griezmann is very likely to come to the club from Atletico Madrid. That said, Mundo Deportivo has reported that seven players could be on the market, including Rafinha, which Inter can purchase for $35 million if they qualify for the Champions League, where they currently sit in fourth place in Serie A, so that does look likely. Delefeu is a t- for $12 million by last summer. Barcelona, of course, would try to recoup the $12 million they bought him for. Andre Gomes, who would garner the best market. That's why he seems to be on the table. Douglas, who, of course, is at Benfica. One contract year left, but he doesn't fit at Benfica. Unfortunately, surprise, surprise, the way the player's career has gone. So he'll, of course, be looked to be sold for whatever amount... He can be found for. Paco Akather would leave if the 21 to 22 man roster is is, is, a, is a true statement. And that he would leave and make room for a substitute for Suarez coming from the B team, either Mark Cardona or Abel Ruiz at this point. Digne could be on the chopping block. You have Mark Cucurea or Juan Miranda, who of the two is actually the one who's at, at the youth Spain level. Right now, Cucurea is just not making those appearances. Miranda is the one being selected for the U19 squads. And Denise Suarez is the last one there who currently has no place on the Valverde, and things could change there. Then the other names that throw at you, Yuri Mina may not have a place at the club, depending on the way he's gone. He probably won't be sold, but he could be loaned in the same way that Marlon Santos, who will also probably be coming back from Nice in the summertime, and we'll have to figure out what to do with him. Sergi Samper, who's back in Barcelona after an injury at Las Palmas, and Munir Haddadi, who's doing pretty well at Alaves, but again, they've had an up-and-down season and look to be in the first division next season as well, having staved off the relegation battle. And of course, the biggest name of all, Frances, Andres Iniesta, who could be on his way to China. And in the last few days, this report from a week ago when you and I were skeptical, this is a ton of heat, or as we always like to say on the pod, has a ton of fire behind it. It really does. And it is very unfortunate that that's, that's going to quite likely be the case. I mean, I don't want to be pessimistic about it. And Andres himself went on on the media, on El Larguero, the midnight show in Spanish radio. And he did say pretty much that the decision was not taken. But the fact that he was talking about it sort of indicates the opposite, indicates that this is pretty much a done deal. And as, as you mentioned, I think Iniesta holds the key to pretty much everything else. Um, if Iniesta decides to leave, then there's a void that is it's irreplaceable. You can't fill that void at all. Um, Puyol left, no one could replace him. Xavi left, no one could replace him. Um, the day that Busquets or Iniesta leave, there's not going to be anyone like them. And, you know, I tweeted about this earlier today and Diana, friend of the show, Diana Christine, <laughs> tweeted back and she mentioned Messi and, you know, it gave me shivers when she did that. Um, it really 
it really is all about Don Andres this summer. If he does go, there's a gap in there that we have to try and fill somehow. I mean, Alanya, I don't know if it's a certainty he's going to be promoted, but everything sort of indicates that that would be the case. Um, but, you know, for me, is, is he going to get a decent amount of playing time? Um, if Valverde can narrow the whole squad down to 21, 22 as well, but hopefully 21 with the 22nd player being the third goalkeeper, who is Ortola currently playing for Barca B, then I think Alanya would get minutes, so promoting him would make better sense. A bit of an aside here, Pep Guardiola gave 3,000 minutes to La Masia players in his first year in charge. Luis Enrique gave 1,600 minutes and Valverde has only given 300 minutes and all of these minutes have come in Copa del Rey games. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that Valverde has given a tenth of the time to La Masia players that Pep Guardiola did and that is not a way that any successful cycle at Barca has ever started and I really hope that can change and I think that the whole vision of narrowing down and you know offloading players and you know I'm not even going to go for Rafinha, De Lufeo, Douglas etc but Alej, Gomez, Denis and Paco Alcácer they certainly have to be on the way out to make room because you know say you pick up a couple of injuries and that narrows it down to 18 choices there's two or three that you know, may not even even make the squad on a weekly basis. And that narrows down the gap for players like Alanya, Palencia, Cucurella, Abel Ruiz to come through. And that that has to change because Barca is all about La Masia players coming through and making a difference. And losing Puyol, Xavi, Iniesta, and, you know, soon enough it will be Busquets and hopefully never, but soon enough it will be Messi as well. There has to be a relevo. There has to be a replacement being there ready to take the button and take take us into another successful decade of football. And you're right. Even in my five-minute diatribe about all those players that could be leaving, Alex Vidal wasn't even on that list. And I also forgot to mention even Arthur, the Brazilian midfielder from Gremio, who could be coming over in the summertime or potentially next January. And for all those players, you're right about Valverde, that when he came in, one of the things you and I praised him at Bilbao for was, and maybe this is because of Bill Bow's policy of only playing Basque players or players affiliated with the Basque country is that he did play a lot of academy players. And even in Greece, he was known to play younger players and take chances in that manner. And I think it, it could have been a byproduct of where he was. And I think instead of blaming Valverde, I want to look at the bigger idea that Barcelona might be at a point in that pressure cooker of needing to win titles that... He doesn't feel that he has that luxury. I mean, and that's why Guardiola, another compliment to him as a manager, is seen in such high regard that he's somehow always able, even at Man City, where he plays Phil Foden, a 17-year-old English winger and midfielder, and he's playing these young players as well. Brahim Diaz, I think, comes to mind, another mid-teenager. And Guardiola somehow takes that pressure, and he balances playing the youngsters with winning titles. And that's why he's one of the greatest to ever stand on the sideline. And for Valverde... It's not that he's unable to do that, but in his first season, at least, I think he wanted to make sure that he won titles. Because let's say he does play a lot of young players this season, didn't win any titles, and now he doesn't have a job. So if he's able to win two trophies, which look likely, or potentially all three of the treble, then of course it's a successful season, and now he can look ahead to feel like there's a little more security there. So I don't think all of that goes into it, but the importance of bringing up the Youth Academy players 
is clearly in the mind of the report that he would want to narrow the squad down to be 21 to 22. And again, looking at the future and all those players that you're going to lose, yes, it would be fun on our side to look across the world and speculate. Of course, one of the players that I like for the Netherlands right now is a 21-year-old midfielder, and it's Frankie de Jong. And we talked about him months ago on the pod. He's a guy that I, you look at him at a first-team level for Ajax, and you say, oh, that could be a Sergio Busquets replacement. But then you always have to remember that Oral Busquets, who's recovering from injury with the B team, but he was really good, and he even made his first team debut this season, and he's still just a teenager as well. So maybe he is a a much more relevant and a much cheaper option to replace Busquets in the future. But that's what it comes into, right, Frances? How many youngsters now has Barcelona B had over the last four, five, six, seven years who wound up not making it at the club? And the answer truly is, what, all of them, with the exception of Sergi Roberto. And with that kind of recent track record, you wonder if there has to be some kind of reevaluation of the way that the jump from Juvenil A to Barca B to the first team is going. Of course. And also, I think we need to look a little bit deeper than that. Obviously, that that's totally fair. I think the quality of players coming out of La Masia... It hasn't reached the Messi, Iniesta, Xavi era, but then again, those are three of the best, I would say, top 10 players to ever play the game. Not to cut you off, but would you say then, though, that we at least need them to be Sergio Roberto level? I think, again, it's it's ignorant to say, oh, we need another generation of Iniesta, Messi and Busquets, but no, we need another generation of Thiago Alcantara and Sergio Roberto. Of course, of course, totally agree. But um, that's where I was going. I think those players would have been good enough if they had been given the chance, or at least some of them would. But if you think about the players that we mentioned earlier, you've got Deo Lufeo, uh, which obviously comes from La Masia, but he was loaned out two or three times before he returned. But Alej Vidal, Gomez, Denis Suarez and Paco Alcácer, they were bought uh, for a huge amount of money in the last two, three years when they actually shouldn't have been bought in the first place. They do not have a Barca starter quality. They didn't have it when they got it. I mean... With Denis Suarez, you could say he was doing well at Villarreal, but he was never signed to be a starter. Paco Alcácer was never going to dethrone Luis Suarez, or at the time was Neymar or obviously Messi, from the starting eleven, and, and he was a very sort of, I would say, low-quality replacement to Pedro even leaving. Alex Vidal just hasn't delivered what he was supposedly going to bring after quite a good season in Sevilla and obviously Almería before that. And André Gómez, he was always going to be a compliment. He was young, he still is young, and he was sort of showing good elements of his game in, in Valencia, but that has not translated. So I think if you sign, and you know, people do criticize this, but if you sign Griezmann, you know you've got a player that can very likely be in the starting eleven. You know, he may not be in the starting eleven every week, simply because having um, Luis Suarez and Messi, obviously, as part of the team, but you know you're signing a world-class player that is going to, say, lead France in the World Cup this summer. He's been, you know, one of the best goal scorers in Spain for the last two, three years. Regular starting in Atletico Madrid, who, you know, has challenged for Champions League in the in the recent years. And, and you know, that is, in a way, a safe bet. That is the sort of caliber of player you need to be signing. Of course, they're going to be expensive. Of course, they are going to have to compete for a starting eleven. But as we said before... Successful teams these days in modern football, they have 16 starters and that's what you will be signing with Griezmann. So, you know, coming back to the point about La Masia, of course, these players, they're young, they are eager, they are passionate, they need to be given a chance to show their worth at first team level. 
But if you got Alesh Vidal, Andre Gomez, Dennis, and Alcácer sitting on the bench waiting for a chance, having cost a lot of money, you just simply cannot do that. And that has to change. I think the last point I want to make in regards even to the transition from La Mazzia to the first team is that we all have to always remember as well that luck and opportunity and timing and personnel, those are all so essential. And that you could have a 14-year-old, 15-year-old, as I said, like Delefeu back when he was uh, in his 13, 14 years old, and he did have the raw materials to make the first team. But whether it was an injury at the a wrong time or luck or timing or whatever it was, Delefeu wasn't able to hone his game and, and, and change it. And it's not necessarily all on just the teenager or all on the on the coaching staff or the academy. Barcelona has shown that it has a top world, top global academy. That's why it opens up smaller academies all over the world. Even here in the U.S., 20 minutes from me, there's a Barcelona academy popping up. And so it's a brand and it's a style of, of, of learning the game that is proven to have success at the top global level. But that said, and I do recommend people actually go and read Gerard Piquet's piece from the Players' Tribune. Fantastic. It really does get to the heart and talk about how even Piquet, who's our World Cup winning, Champions League winning, our La Liga winning, our, one of our, our greatest defenders ever, one of our greatest players ever, and he does discuss how, as a youngster, he goes to England for opportunity, and because of some luck and timing and uh, some talking to with Roy Keane, he does get this trial by fire as, as a teenager, and he has to mature very quickly and figure things out. That said, he also talks about how an injury and then also a mistake for Man United under Alex Ferguson led him coming back to Barca, something that he may not have done if he hadn't gotten hurt and hadn't made a crucial mistake in one game that sent him down the depth chart. And then under Pep Guardiola, remember, he was out of form. And before Pep left, Gerard Piquet was a third-choice center back. Then Villanova comes, and all of a sudden, Piquet regains his form and has been as good as you can get for the last three-plus or three plus years. And so all those things have gone into what we know Piquet as today, but it's been up and down. There have been hills and valleys. And for young players, you cannot write off 18, 19, 20, 20, 21-year-olds right away. And they have to be pushed and have to be forced. Because even Elena, who seems like a surefire first-team professional anywhere he could be, including Barcelona, his story is not yet written. And so we have to give him the opportunity and be patient. And I think of all else, we're talking about the future here, but patience has got to be the number one thing that we take into account. Of course, totally agree. Not going to add too much more. I think what you just said about Alanya applies to Dembele and also applies to Arthur, which is Artur, uh, according to the Catalan media. I think the, regardless of the transfer fee, they need to be given a chance. They're between 20 and 21 years old, all of the players we just mentioned, and we need to support them in order to grow. Without the support, without the playing time, without all of the confidence from themselves and their hard work, Nothing great is going to come their way. So it's all about sacrifice, but also about opportunity. Sure thing. And wrapping up La Grande Pagunta, we'll go right into La Antarvista, where you, Frances, had the opportunity to welcome back on Mohamed Butt of Squawka and a returning guest of the Barcelona podcast. Here's that conversation. Okay, thank you, Dan. I am delighted to have one of our friends coming back to the pod. Is Mohamed Butt. Um, Obviously, last time when we spoke, he was in between jobs, and I'm not going to announce anything. I'm just going to let him do all the talking. Mohamed, welcome to the Barcelona podcast again. 
Well, pleasure to be back, Frances. Pleasure. And um, yeah, well, I mean, last when we last when I last came on, I had just left because Squawker had just imploded, but Squawker came back, and I'm back there now. So that's, that's pretty good. Chief writer, you know, getting in there, getting to write about Barca, getting to write about a lot of teams. Actually, it's good. But um, yeah, we're going to do some good stuff in the last stages of the Champions League, and they're building up to the World Cup. Got some big plans for that. So should be some good stuff. Keep an eye out on Squawker, people. Should of course, fun. of course, that's precisely what we are going to do. That's what I've been doing throughout. <laughs> um, just for our listeners that may not have read any of your work lately, um, yeah. what is the tone? What, what is your feeling? What are you writing about these days? Oh, I mean, many things. I wrote recently about um, where you know, is, is it a good idea for Arsenal to let Wilshire go? Uh, another thing I wrote recently was um, the squad depth that France had. About oh my goodness, their, their squad depth is frightening. I was, you know, you, you think, oh, yeah, I'm T.T. Moran starting defenders, brilliant, brilliant defenders. And then they've got Koscielny, they've got Presnel Kimpembe, they've got just, I mean, Lucas Dean is their second or third best left back, which is crazy. And then you just look at the depth at centre back, Kimpembe, uh, Koscielny, uh, Pavard, um, just it's obscene. They, they are such a good team. On paper, they must have the strongest squad, I think. Okay, so do you think that that is the game that you most look forward to to watching this time round? This is a listener question by Luke. So, what international game are you most looking forward to watch during this break? I mean, how do you not say Germany Brazil, right? I know Neymar's not there, but like it's got to be Germany. Right? You got to just see how how Brazil approached that game. Tite's much got them playing much better than they were before. Uh, I mean, I know it's a friendly and they probably won't play full strength sides, but there's got to be a lot riding on that for for those Brazilian players that were involved in the same one. Also, Spain-Argentina, because I think Spain-Argentina is always good fun. And uh, I'm pretty sure if Argentina and Spain both win their groups, they'll meet in the quarterfinals, I think it is. So... You know, that, that's always interesting to watch, to watch and see what's going to happen there. Of course, that's the prediction. I mean, people just keep playing with these brackets and they do this in the United States with the NCAA and also the NBA. Yeah. They're Bracket. just always trying to predict who's going to get where. And yeah. then, you know, after a couple of matches, you start changing your mind. Yeah. Um, Christian asks, will yeah. Messi win the World Cup in, in Russia? Or in other words, who is your World Cup favourite? I've had look, man. I've had look, Christian. I've had dreams of Messi winning the World Cup, man. But I, you know, I just, you just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Argentina are a really, really bad team. Like, uh, um, San Paoli has great ambitions, but he's just not been there long enough to build something. Like, it, it, he did really well at Chile because he was following immediately from Bielsa, and Bielsa is a different breed of manager that can build things like that. San Paoli, it's not as easy to build it as to carry on. I mean, I think he made Chile better than they were under Bielsa, but, you know, it's it's to start from scratch. It's not easy. Argentina, there's so much politics going on in that in that team. You know, you and, you know, he's he's like, he's so peculiar as well. Like, he's not picking Dybala or Icardi because he feels they don't complement Messi correctly. Now, you know, in Dybala's case, I agree with him, but I don't know. It, I, I love Argentina. Today. I love Messi to do it. I don't see it. I think the winner comes from either Germany, Brazil, or Spain. Um, I think of those three, uh, Germany and France obviously have great squad depth, but I think they'll panic and lose their nerve. I feel like Germany are weak at the back um, when they got to Stegen, but I just feel like you look at the way their team is structured and Hummels and Boateng are weak. They're not the best and they're not, they don't really have a great left. I mean, Hector's a good left back, but he's not like a top class left back. So I feel like their defences can be gone if you can get the ball off them. 
I, you know what? If, if Neymar comes back in full in full fitness, I think Brazil are favourites. But I would tip Spain. I think Spain have a really, really good team. Lopetegui is a great coach. And I think they will surprise a lot of people. Yeah, the thing with Lopetegui is that he's known the vast majority of his players for a long time. Yeah, I mean, these exactly. players have gone through the under-21s and obviously below that, under-19s, under-17s, etc. But exactly. you've got young players such as Asensio coming through. You've got obviously Isco, Thiago, they're going to step up. Um, you know, he doesn't... Isco, I think, is going to have a really... Not Isco, sorry. Asensio is going to have a really big tournament. You, you know, you look at him and you look at the way he plays and I think... He, he's made for he's made for like a seven game runner where he just goes insane. Like he did it at the start of the season for Madrid, he was just scoring constantly. And I think that's that's what's going to happen here. He'll just he'll hit he'll hit a vein of form and he'll just go he'll explode. Yep, the way I see the Spanish national team is at the back we're fairly solid. I think the Ramos and Piqué partnership, obviously with De Gea behind, that gives you a lot of um, solidity and, and and you know you can consolidate scores if you manage to score a, a goal, which you know, given the quality up front can happen. I'm just yeah. not sure about whether the media, it's not the players themselves, but the media and the sort of um, Spain against Catalonia sort of environment back home is going to affect the the harmony within the team. And in a way, Spain, in my eyes, are at risk of self-destruction sometimes. Well, I mean, they, they've all, Spain have always had like a risk of self-destruction, right? That's always been like a big problem. But you see PK talking about this WhatsApp group, you know, mm. this thing where he's saying that they they will have a WhatsApp group where they will make fun of each other. I think that's actually very clever of PK um, because I think it's obviously it's good banter and everything. Everyone's having a good time, but I think you know, without Casillas and Xavi, who who really brought the two camps together, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, during Spain's great era, and Puyol, but Xavi, it was mainly Xavi and Casillas' friendship is what allowed. Um, the Aragonés and uh, the Bosque era to happen. You know, th- those two were like, look, stop arguing with each other. Let's just work together for a team. Of course. And, yeah. No, I mean, and that is funny. And, he, and yeah, I think without Abeloa there, without Xabi Alonso there, I think, yeah, I think Spain, I don't know, that I don't think it was self-destruct. I think the biggest issue Spain will face is this Lopetegui as emotionally attached to Iniesta as Valverde clearly is. Because... I love Iniesta, but Valverde, you know, he got away with it against Chelsea, man, because he ran that dude into the ground before the second leg against Chelsea. And we were all, I was saying, I've been screaming the whole season, you have to rotate Iniesta. And he's been playing him constantly. And it almost got him. It almost got him against Chelsea. Yeah. I think that's going to be their biggest issue. That and, like, who's going to score the goals? Because if Morata arrives in in the kind of form he's finishing, he's playing right now, he's playing quite wretchedly right now. He needs to perk his ideas up. If he can do that, Yep, either that or Diego Costa. We'll have to wait and see. Well, um, oh, of course, yeah, because he's he's fitting in, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's playing quite well now, and obviously under Diego Simeone, that that guy just sort of lights up, and you never know if he's going to score a hat trick or get you know a red card in the third minute. But someone who is at Barca now that holds, yeah. I think, the biggest key in the team beyond obviously the key that Messi sort of keeps for himself yeah. is Andres Iniesta. Obviously, there's been yeah. rumors for him departing to China. And he basically was on El Arguero last night, which is a midnight show um, yeah. that pretty much the whole of Spain listens to before going to bed or as they're going to bed. And yeah. Iniesta sort of explained that, you know, he hasn't necessarily made his mind up, but yeah. when he's expressing his emotions and his feeling and, and, you know, sort of forward planning and even talking about life away from Barca, people who know him best actually say, that that is something he doesn't do unless the decision is pretty much done and taken. Yeah. He didn't say he was leaving, obviously, because he's still got another 35 days to decide. 
But yeah. we got a question from Capoeira, one of our listeners. He always sends questions and we're very grateful for him. He says, how are we going to fill the void that Iniesta is going to leave or may potentially leave when he decides to move on to China? You, you can't fill the void that these players leave. Xavi, Iniesta, you know, I mean, Barca still haven't replaced Xavi. I mean, Arthur apparently will do it, but Arthur's going to arrive in what? The summer? So summer 2018. Xavi left three years ago, you know? It, these, these kind of, and even then, Arthur, how long till he's actually as good as Xavi was? Like four years, three years? You can't replace the guy. People like Xavi, Iniesta, even, I mean, Barca, Zubi Zaretta, God bless him, did us a solid with uh, with Victor with Testegen because otherwise otherwise we could have waited Barca could have waited a long time to find a new Victor Valdez. You know these these players are generational. Umtiti, how long did Barca? Puyo went off the boil around like 2011, 12, right? Mm-hmm. When did uh, Barca took us four years to find Umtiti? Took Umtiti one year to settle in. Now Umtiti is the new Puyo. You know look, look how long look at the distance between if Mascherano hadn't emerged and done really well, Barca would have suffered. You know these generational talents. You're not going to replace Iniesta because not only is Iniesta obviously an amazing world-class footballer, or he was at his peak, he's a great person. He's a really good human being, a really good leader. You know, I mean, he doesn't talk much, but look at just for example, look at Neymar, like six months away from Iniesta's leadership. Look at Neymar. Look what he's at. Look what he's getting up to in Paris. I mean, that's a very, very good example of just what kind of influence Iniesta does actually actually exert. So. And, the- do you think Neymar moving to Paris managed to get away from Messi's shadow? Because that was his target, right? What's your thought on the whole situation? I mean, I don't. I'll come back to that in a second. But just to have Iniesta, who was the first player to post a picture with Andre Gomez after the Chelsea game? Of course, it was him. It was Iniesta. Yeah. You, know, you don't fill the void. You can't fill the void of a player like he. He's he's an historic all-time player. I've been criticised by a lot of Barca fans for saying that he's finished because. I do believe as a top-level talent, elite-level talent, he is finished because he can't do it every three days. He can barely do it every seven days. But big game Iniesta. You rest him, you rotate him, you roll him out for big games, he can still get it done. Um, I don't know how Barca replace him. I mean, on the pitch, Coutinho will obviously replace him. Barca will lose a bit of control but gain a lot of act, um, impact. But then you bring Arthur into the middle, so that, that's where Barca regain the control. So it's, it's a trade-off. I think on the pitch, Barca will have um, Coutinho. There's also Alenia who I think will play more um, and get more minutes maybe in that position as well mm-hmm. as an option. Gomez, if he stays, although I don't see him staying. But, you know, um, there's there's players that Barca can have in that position to sort of unleash, as it were. Maybe they'll have to sign another a younger player. Yeah, it seems to be, Arthur seems to be the one, but I think people yeah. people have high hopes for a player that has never played in Europe. And I don't want to disrespect him because obviously the guy's got yeah. quality, he's got the confidence and, you know, he's already making an impact in, in Brazil. But, you know, coming across the ocean and playing with within a new environment, arguably the biggest club in the world, is a completely different ball game. And people's expectations, they cannot be that he's going to be remotely close to either Xavi or Iniesta because, as you said, no one really can be. Um, oh, do you want to... Yeah. It's a, uh, sorry, just to say, it's a, it's a big ask, but Arthur is an interior. He's not going to replace Iniesta. He, I mean, he will in terms of adding control to the game team like Iniesta, but he'll play in the middle. He'll replace Rakitic, if anyone, really, if anyone gets pushed out for Arthur. But I think it's going to be interesting to watch Barca evolve. I think I think Coutinho will play a big role post-Iniesta. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if Barca will ever find a player as unique as Iniesta again. I mean, I, I gather they'll find someone like Xavi. You know, these, these are once-in-a-lifetime talents and Barca were very lucky to have them all at the same time. To answer your question about Neymar, no, he's not escaping Messi's shadow. He's never going to escape Messi's shadow. No one is until until he retires. 
He would he would at least at the very least be compared to Messi in every single thing he does. And right now he's coming off incredibly unfavorably. Wouldn't give Cavani penalties, you know, which is selfish in the extreme when he's being paid more than everyone else. Massive whiny crybaby. Uh, took skipped Real Madrid's uh, PSG's biggest game of the season against Real Madrid. The only the game they bought him to win, and you know skipped it to to get to get a head start preparing for the World Cup. He's still well and firmly in Messi's shadow. It was a tremendous mistake for him to move on when he did. But frankly, Barca are going to come out of this much longer. They've gotten rid of his toxic influence. They've gotten rid of his dad's toxic influence. And they've brought in Usman Dembele, who is younger, not just as talented, but extremely, extremely talented and much more of a better complement to the likes of Messi and Suarez than Neymar was in the sense that he will play for them. He's not going to be like, oh, I want to be the protagonist. I'm not sure he has designs of being in the Ballon d'Or, but he's the kind of humble young player who's just going to work hard and, and work for the team. He's still going to have skills and tricks and everything, but you look at the way he fits in with Messi and, and Suarez, you can already see he's a better complement and he's not going to cause problems like Neymar did wanting to be more of a protagonist. And we've got a couple of questions about Jerry Mina. I'm, I'm, to be honest, I don't know quite why people keep asking about Jerry Mina. Obviously, he hasn't been playing very much. It's the dancing, man. It's the dancing. It has to be. But um, I've got we've got two questions this week. Yeah. So it says... Chaban asks, do you think Jerry Mina will get more playing time to help Pique fresh for the Champions League, to, for him to stay fresh? And Devesh says, delict Upamecano or stick with Mina for next season? Um, what does Jerry Mina sort of make you feel? What, what do you think? He should be playing now or...? I, you know, look, it's difficult, right? Because centre-back is, the, is probably the hardest area in the team to bring in young talent, right? Because... It's very, very, very high risk. You make a mistake, it's likely to cost a goal, right? You know this. Of course. Uh, and, then, and then for Barca, of course, as well, it's important in the build-up phase. Like, if you don't bring the ball out the back correctly, Barca don't play with the same fluidity. No, of course. I, I, and, you know, Jerry Mina, new country, new culture, vastly new, vastly improved level. Look, he looked very good in the game he did play against... God, I can't remember who it was now. Um, he, he, he looked good on his debut. He's played well, but, you know... Valverde's not going to want to rush him, you know. He's not, and I, and I don't blame him. I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with Valverde not rushing him unless there's a desperate need. And also to go back to the second question, why, why does it have to be them or Yerimina? I would sign Delict um, and have Yerimina because honestly, Vermaelen, can you really rely on him to be fit? You know, Barca got lucky with him this season. He was basically he's only been fit while MTT was injured, which you know, God bless him for that. But I would, I would sooner have. Delict and Yerimina, um, or frankly De Jong. Even I mean, if you've watched this, I mean he's a really he's a really impressive young player. So you know, I would sooner have have two young centre backs working under PK and MTT. You know, mentoring there, learning how to play the game. I think that's a re- that's a really good idea. Okay, uh, Mohammed, you're such a good guest because you sort of self answer all the questions. You just answer all my questions. I've got three more, but you just <laughs> you just answer them all. So we don't have a last question, Mohammed. That's all the time we go for it today. Oh, okay. Um, oh, it's an absolute you. pleasure. You're such a genius, like honestly. Okay, thank you. Honestly, you're too kind. You're too kind. Of course, of course, I am too kind because it's the truth, um, <laughs> Mohammed. A pleasure to have you. Um, where can our listeners listen to your work or read your work? work on squawker.com uh twitter on we're on twitter at squawker s-q-u-a-w-k-a i'm on twitter at mohammed but m-u-h-a-m-m-a-d-b-u-t facebook is the same thing facebook.com slash mohammed but um so yeah come find me come read my stuff talk to me about barcelona about every club you want to 
ask me questions if I, you know, if you're polite, I might answer them. <laughs> Who knows? Only if uh, you're polite, though. Um, listeners, oh yeah, yeah. you have to be polite, yeah. Of course. Uh, listeners, all of the details that Mohammed just went through, they're in your app. So if you tap your app now, uh, just tap on Mohammed's name and he, he will, that will direct you to his social media and you can interact with him there. Mohammed, you, know, you know, my one great shame, though, about this podcast is that my son fell asleep. I, I, I want him to, he loves Barca. He's absolutely crazy for Barca. So I, I wanted him to come on and, uh, and just get, get, get express his love for MTT. Just have a few. He loves MTT and Messi. Well, we're, we're going to make sure that <laughs> the little picture he drew the other day is going to be the cover art for the episode, as you that, asked. That, that's that's a beautiful. That, you know, I'm sure he, I'm sure he'll love that. I'll show him that, and he'll get so happy. That's what we do. A pleasure. Let's do it again soon. Thank you very much. Great stuff, as always, from Mohammed. But and again, a big thank you to him for coming on for the second time. Now, both he. De- and Deanna, Christine have our multi-time guests. And of course, Joanna Carley is on more often than anybody else. But we again, we thank those guests who are returning for a second and hopefully a third time in the future. But that'll wrap up another edition of the Barcelona podcast. And we usually tell you to subscribe and we ask you to be a Patreon. But the one thing Francesca and I are asking of you today is just share it with one person. And of course, for myself, for Frances, our families are tired of hearing about the Barcelona podcast. Everyone I know doesn't want to hear about it anymore. So we want you, the listeners, just share it with one person today that might have an interest in either the sport or Barcelona, the city, or or especially, of course, the team at any level. And so we want to get into those kind of things where you guys can share the show and we want to continue to build this community. At this point on the podcast as well, if you are listening still, thank you very much for being there. You put up with nearly 40 minutes of us just once again. Um, you are our best listeners. You sort of endure the whole program every single time. It does not go unnoticed. We're always looking at our stats and our growth. And we know that the vast majority of you stay till the very end. And if you're listening to this, thank you very much. If you could tell one person, you can tell two if you want, you know, there's no limit here. But if you could tell one person that you really enjoy the show, uh, if he's retweeting or sharing or anything like that, but the most effective way is word of mouth. Can you please tell someone about us? We will be delighted and we will continue to bring you two shows a week for as long as we possibly can. Thank you for being there. See you next time. Yeah, and thanks for listening to the Barcelona Podcast. Bring the hottest breaking stories from the camp. No, until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Forza Barca. Forza. What if Santa didn't need eight reindeer to guide him through the night? Hey, Mercedes, map me to Kalamazoo. Okay, mapping the fastest route to Michigan. Or what if his sleigh could get real-time weather info? Hey, Mercedes, what's the temperature on the 25th? 22 degrees. Rooftops may be icy. Mercedes-Benz MBUX technology hasn't made it to flying sleighs, but it's available to you on the A-Class, the GLE, or GLC. And you can get them all for an exceptional price during the Mercedes-Benz winter event. MBUX command simulated. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz summer event, like the 2019 C-Class sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz summer event, now serving limited time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.